one of the biggest problems I think people have now is with the, because I think back like 10, 15 years ago, when social media wasn't as apparent as it is now. So people starting out 10, 15 years ago, it was very much like you're on the gym floor, you work your way up, perhaps you'll do some online coaching, then you'll do more online coaching and you'll kind of transition slowly. But now it's almost that everyone, they get their certificate and they're like, right, I want to be an online coach. So how would you recommend someone actually starts out as a coach in the first place? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like one of the most important things is like, there's not clear cut, I think definitive, like this is this career and this is this career necessarily. But if there's two big categories that I do think are fairly different is, do you want to be like a coach or a trainer that does something involving training? Or do you just want to be like the way that I almost look at it is like, do you want to be more like a nutritionist basically? And because like, even before the, you know, social media and the internet was obviously the way that it is now. It's like those professions existed. And I would say the big difference is if you're training someone, you know, you're actually managing someone's body. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's some things that literally I think require to do your best or get the most out of someone being there with the person in person. Whereas if you look at someone like a nutritionist, dietitian or whatever, and now what we think about most like contest prep coaches, it's all about um, variables and adherence, right? And so Mm -hmm. if someone just needs help with general population might be more help with adherence. Um, and you would think someone like a competitor or especially a high level competitor, it's more about just controlling all the variables basically outside of training while having some awareness of what's going on. Um, and so I, I would think it's honestly pretty important for people to, in, and you can kind of figure out as you go, obviously, I mean, that's the same with any profession. So you're not like you have to know hundred percent for sure. And some of it is, you know, I've done some things and after doing them for a couple months being like, nope, that's not it. And that's a good experience as well too. But really, I would start to think about that ahead of time is what what direction do you want to go? And if somebody wants to do purely, you know, again, managing those variables, I think that's easier to kind of start start hopping in just to the online realm, because, again, it's sure. not as much really just, you know, control over someone's body and obviously knowing everything that comes with that. Whereas if someone actually wants to be like a trainer, coach, whatever term you want to use, personal trainer, you want to do stuff and give people the best advice that you can for training, for their workouts, for exercise related stuff. I don't really know a good way to go about it without working with people in person first. Um, right. And so I always think it's because I've had people I always use the example. And that really just comes from where I've actually seen success and defined as long term success stem from. Because I used to have people that when they would come and they would want to be before all this, when I was a training manager and I would hire trainers, you know, I'd obviously interview a bajillion trainers and try and have a position filled and all that. And I'd very often have people that would come in and they'd say, hey, I want to try and do this part time. And I used to tell people, you know, for the time that I've been doing this, I've only seen people turn successful as trainers by doing it full time. When someone tries to start in a gym or a club, we're like, I'm going to do this part time while I'm still transitioning out of car sales or whatever else they're doing. I let them know that I actually haven't seen that successful transition or I see it like 10 percent of the time. And then I would go through all the reasons of why that's the case. So it's kind of the same thing now, I think, with social media and all that is I'm not saying it's impossible for someone, you know, to just say, hey, I want to be a trainer. I just want to go right into the online and start with the whole online coaching thing and kind of do everything while I'm getting certified while I'm doing this. Um, But I would just say that it's an unlikely path for success is what I would say. And that's just based off of what I've seen. Um, And again, especially for for long term. Um, So the short answer for some of it is the there's a whole longer, long, long, long answer for this, which is the certification that we're working on, working on right now, trying to create, that's the main goal is someone says, where do I start? What do I do? How do I get comfortable, you know, being a, a paid trainer? But the short things I would say is, you know, continuing education is ongoing. 
you know, so obviously get your education everywhere that you can and continue to work with that and then start to get experience for free. I mean, I think that's the best is give experience for free, excuse me. So like with family, friends, whoever, you know, hopefully you can be honest and transparent with them. That's what everybody should be at every level of their journey is honest and transparent with whoever their client is. At that point in time, it's, you know, mom, it's your friend, it's whoever and saying, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I really want to get into this. So you're going to be my guinea pig basically. And that's where you can, one, you, you do that yourself is important, experimenting with yourself, but obviously you trying things and actually having to deliver things, communicate things and get someone to do the things you want them to do are a completely different thing. So doing that for free, because you say, I'm obviously not really qualified to get paid for this is probably in my opinion, the best way to start. And then I always tell people, if you want to be a coach or a trainer and you want to obviously get your foot in the door somewhere, the best place to go or the best thing to do is actually go to that location, like find out where you want to work first and then work backwards with what certification and what should I get? Um, because I always say most of the time, most, unless it's just somebody you personally know that has a small facility, but most big places, most reputable places, whether it's just purely personal training or kind of a big box gym, they're going to have their requirements. And most of the time, the required certifications to get in the door aren't actually that great, but you just mm -hmm. got to do what you got to do. So all people ask, should I do, you know, over here, we have, you know, ACSM or ACE or ISSA or NSCA or whatever. And I always just say, honestly, go where you want to work, find out which ones they accept, and then just do the quickest and cheapest one that you can do. Get your foot sure. in the door. Uh, but also, I tell people it's very practical. If you really want to work somewhere, go into that place and see if they have any jobs available. Say, and when you apply, say, hey, my ultimate goal is I want to be a trainer. I want to be a trainer here. But right now, I just want to get my foot in the door. Any position you have available, you know, I'll take. And uh, because that's a huge part from, again, a, a training standpoint is, you know, do you have good customer service skills? Do you know the members? Do you know the business a little bit? And from someone that's hired people out of, you know, kind of the customer service or the membership side or whatever of a gym before, those people are great because they already have way better insight for how does the club or how does the company work? They have better insight or just better. They're, they're used to just like half their job is greeting members and talking to members. And that's the thing that trainers generally tend to, most trainers naturally suck at. And so sure. as you're, you know, getting your foot in the door saying, Hey, this is where I ultimately want to go. You can find out that certification and you're actually building a foundation to start your business in where you want to be as well too, just literally by getting to know the members, uh, letting them know that you're a friendly, helpful face. And honestly, that's half of it. If you have built good relationships, when you cross over to the training department, you're going to literally have people like, Oh, you're a trainer. Now they're excited to talk to you about training and being a trainer. And honestly, those are, you know, really good leads to potentially turn into clients. Um, so that's kind of the, the short version, I think, of a good, a decent strategy to start, you know, for someone that looks to wanting to get into those things is first to find those two different sides of it. Um, and then from there, if you're actually looking for the full personal trainer, trainer thing, dealing with people's bodies and, uh, you know, exercise selection, all that, I think that's the best way to go about it. How did you do it in the beginning for you? Like, what was that? Like, why did you decide to get into it in the first place? Uh, I honestly, like when I, 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 in high school, I actually first had the idea of wanting to be a personal trainer. Uh, but to be honest, all everything that I saw of what personal trainers were, as far as my perception, going to gym. So like as soon as I was like really started to fall in love with this stuff, I literally bought a cheap certification, which I don't even know if I ever finished um, because it had like I literally. So as I was going through high school, I was like, all right, I'm going to gyms and I would literally go to different gyms. And then every time I saw trainers, I was like, man, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. And I had this notion and my, my parents were always generally supportive of everything that I did but it was kind of just like understood is like you know you you know get good grades go to college get good grades and get a grown-up job you know I was like my dad was an accountant and stuff like that so it's like 
again, there was no like negativity or hard push to do that, but that's like, this is just where you go, go pick a grown up sure. job. And so I just kind of had that perception, even from like unspoken things. And then what I had saw and formulated myself was like, well, this isn't a real job. Like most of it was just like, it'll be like bodybuilder looking guys wearing like a stringer training their client, like yeah. not really paying attention and, you know, eating their protein in between. And I was like, I honestly like that appeals well to us. I don't really want to, like, I had this idea of, I want to have like a grown up job. I want to be able to make a living. And so honestly, like all through college, I went through with just what can I get that will be more grown up. So it was business for a year. And then I was pre-physical therapy for a year and then exercise science for my last two. And I, I got into corporate wellness was my internship right out of college. And corporate wellness, for anybody who's not familiar, is basically, um, you know, large corporations will try and basically um, find ways to implement things that will positively affect the health of all their employees. And they can actually show some potential benefits of that. Some of it doesn't have to be shown, but to get decreases in cost of health care and insurance for employees as well, too. And so that's a pretty big thing over here. But I so I did an internship with that. And it's basically, again, if this company has a thousand people or two thousand people, whatever, generally they have a couple people in the wellness program. And again, you're just trying to do like, you know, get more steps and here's how to make healthy food. It has to be very broad stuff, like right? there's sure. nothing one on one. And um, it wasn't a bad experience, but it was just like, all right, I don't really want to do this, even though I'm that's literally I picked corporate wellness because it had like corporate and wellness. And I was like, <laughs> all right, that's as close as I can get to a grown up job doing something <laughs> fitness related. And honestly, I had a guy, my wife, Carol, got a job while I was doing that internship. She got a good job where we lived. And I actually met someone at like a, a health fair or something. It was like just some event that had, you know, a bunch of different vendors and representatives of anything health related. And I met someone from a company that doesn't even exist anymore, but it was a company that's basically kind of a big box gym, about 50 plus clubs kind of in the Florida and Southeast US and stuff. And the guy just said, hey, you know, we'd love somebody that has a degree uh, to be a, a trainer. I know we're always looking for a good trainer. So, you know, let me know if you're ever looking for anything. And that was probably a month before my internship then. And I'm just like, all right, I'll take this guy's card, whatever. And then at the end, I was like, man, I need a job. <laughs> and I literally thought, I'll just do this part time to make some money while I figure out what else I want to be doing. And uh, the only good thing, so it's a medium sized company, uh, but they have a personal training department and stuff very uh, similar to like kind of like Lifetime. Not quite as nice as as many amenities, especially as it is now, but really, really good people um, as far as actually teaching me. Like that's when I first went in and I saw and I had mentors that I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a fitness professional. You know, this is a sure. trainer like doesn't dress like an idiot and they have a very structured business that they're actually running and they you know you present themselves in a certain way they charge a certain amount they have this type of clientele and so again that was my first exposure like okay like maybe <clears throat> maybe i can do this and so literally so one the place that i was at even though i had my degree they still wanted me to do like basically this other certification so it was right when i was starting that's what i did i had my degree to kind of get my foot in the door and then i did just some crap certification that i had to get done to basically be qualified to train there and, uh, and that's how I got into it. And honestly, like I said, it was within, it was pretty quick though, that I was like, this is, this is pretty awesome. Uh, cause not only like, I honestly, it took me a while to get like my, you know, like my really enjoyment, ironically enough out of training people, because I was training so much general population weight loss, right. When I started, sure. um, that literally like some of that is like, I find like you won't find enjoyment until you actually start to produce results with people. Cause it's such a different demographic. I'd only train myself or college students at that point in time. And, um, so it's just such a different thing that that kind of took a while for me to really start enjoying, which I, I, I ended up actually enjoying a lot for different reasons, even now that I do with, you know, kind of the bodybuilding crowd, but yeah. I just like the whole, there's obviously a big business side. There's a big sales side. There's a big customer service side. 
And um, I just, and again, half of it was really, I was around good mentors and good people that kind of inspired me where I was like, I was like, man, this is, this is great. I'm going to do this. And, and I had people tell me like, you know, your profession is basically going to be what you make it, mm-hmm. you know? So again, depending on who you talk to, it's like, oh, is, is personal trainer a respected profession? And it's like, well, I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. I'm going to make it a respected profession. And obviously the same with anything. I mean, we got the joke things that are like random to me. There's like people online now giving like makeup tutorials with like tens of millions of people watching. And if you, if I want to go get my makeup done by that person, it's going to be like 10 grand for like a half an hour sitting or something. So is that a respected profession? I was like, well, it's respected for somebody that good at it. Right. So (laughs) um, that, yeah, that's kind of how I got started with it. And um, then I just went, I mean, I was, I was all in right from day one, obviously young, right out of school, no kids just working a billion hours. So. How important do you think it is to, whether it's at that level, as you go into like a gym floor and then you have a mentor or even later in life to have like a business mentor to kind of give you the core, like fundamentals of like business, customer service, all those things to help you structure it. Is that something, do you think that made a huge difference in the beginning to you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think about it too, the way that I think a lot of people make mistakes now is, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people do try and do too much at once. Right. Yeah. So if that's the thing where it's like, if someone's like, you know, can I just start as a trainer, you know, I'll, I'll just train at this club part-time. I'm going to start this online thing and this online coaching thing and all this, whatever stuff. And I'm going to do this. And it's like, I, I honestly didn't think about it a whole lot at the time because I didn't have a whole lot of other options, but I really had kind of things like compartmentalized, like how I really got, if I look at all the components that make, you know, mm. personal training or coaching or whatever, I really focused on like pieces at a time, kind of like almost unknowingly. Right. And honestly, so some of it was when I started my knowledge base, was probably better than most trainers that I worked with, but sure. my application was non-existent really. And then also really understanding, again, the, the, the management side of it. So managing clientele and stuff where it's, you don't even think about are, these are potential clients or leads and how do you take them from that to going through these initial appointments and how do you give them whatever you know quality experience of whatever you're trying to convey to them that you offer and all that. And so again, I would say my first you know, year or two we're like really just immersed in that. Like, how do mm-hmm. I go through that whole process? Like that was all the focus while I was there is even almost like once you got clients, the initial clients, there was a lot of, you know, info as far and direction, as far as how to obviously, you know, show them results and all this and that. But like some of that stuff, I actually figured out a little bit more on my own going along. Cause there wasn't, there wasn't that much focus on that. All the focus was really on like, you know, how do you basically, you know, build good relationships within the club? How do you get more potential clients? How do you get more leads? How do you actually take them into sitting down into presenting them what you do and turning them into a client? And then again, there was a little bit more on the back end, but that's where I started to kind of develop a little bit more myself. Again, how am I going to get a good experience, get good results? And even like, how do I keep these people going from that point? So, you know, I would literally look at like the first, you know, year or two was purely focused on that. And I joke, mm. there's a lot of things that I teach, you know, through different, you know, certifications and stuff and parts of the app that are already exist on there where I tell people I was honestly really successful, really fast, just because I was good at the basics, not in like the sure. skill set, crazy skill set of this and that. And, you know, I couldn't have told you anything properly about resistance profiles or anything like that, but I had just really good customer service, honestly. I mean, I was yeah. very, uh, always punctual, always on time, always creating a good, uh, environment for the session and and in general obviously you know leading people to good results um, as a result of some of that as well too so like all the success kind of started just from that um, and then I moved into a management position and so that was honestly an awesome experience in and of itself as well too because um, I even remember I, I honestly just some of the stuff that was I don't know how to even describe it like some of it's like I didn't have obviously we have all this business information out there of like how do you build a successful team and how do you do yeah. all this kind of stuff 
And honestly, I'm kind of happy. Like one, I saw, I had a good manager at that point in time that I saw him doing a lot of things that kind of clicked, but I also just had awareness of like customer service that was like lacking in the company. I saw awareness of just basic accountability and things like that amongst like my peers and trainers that I worked with. So when I was like looking back at what I did right when I kind of started managing, not really even knowing that I did it is like, I just set the tone for the culture and and the expectation of the club, like so quickly. And then I just, I enforced it. So I always joke if people, I mean, obviously probably people watching this, maybe that used to work with me at some point in time. And, um, but I probably in the first six months, like let go like 10 trainers or something while like we were trying to build back up. And ultimately that wasn't the goal at all. I mean, but it was literally sitting down with trainers in the beginning saying like, Hey, here's, you know, here's why the club wasn't doing well when I took it over and then, you know, turned around really fast, but it was basically saying, here's the things that I think we're lacking as a team and as a club. And it's all basic stuff. Like in a group setting, it's like how someone not going to agree with this stuff where it's like, we're just going to have basic customer service. You know, we're going to provide a good stuff, which just means uniform on time, communicating well, following procedures, whatever. And then little stuff too, where I was like, we, the team here, the goal is to get better. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, not everyone's going to be nuts and traveling for certifications or whatever, but like, I'll give you guys free education and I'll give time to obviously help develop you. And that's the beauty of a performance based industry is anything that makes you more money makes the club more money in the company. It's, there's no mystery there. It's just a very easy relationship. And um, you know, some people are literally just incapable of doing, if you can't do the basic basics that you just don't have an ego to work there. Mm. And so honestly, like that whole experience was great. And I, I think like crucial for a lot of the things that I've, you know, kind of, I don't know, like roll into more like from the perception of what I do now is obviously I had the experience of everything with me and my clients one-on-one. And that just gave me a whole nother level of one managing all the relationships that were with the trainers but then also managing the relationships and overseeing a whole department. So basically all their clients as well too. And so that gave me a big view of like a lot more people than I would have necessarily had access to on my own and a lot more problems. Cause if I had Mm. trainers that were actually trying to do good, it'd say, Oh, well this client has this, or I'm having a hard time getting this client to adhere to that. Or if it might actually be something technical, this hurts and what do we do? And um, so that was great because it just gave me more, you know, overview into all that. And then I look at when I was probably, you know, a year or two into that, I was always pursuing continuing education. And I literally kind of like ran out of opportunities in the club that I was at, like the people that were smarter than me, they're like, we have jobs to do outside of talking to you. And I was like, Oh, crap, sorry. (laughs) And that's when I first got directed the very first um, uh, continuing education I did was with Charles Paulquin. And that's when I first started traveling, I think I still honestly can't remember because I've had two or three people ask me this recently. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if I went he had this like a strength coach one, and then he had the nutrition and supplement kind of side assessment. He one called like he had one called biosignature at the time. And they had one called like the PICP, which were all like there's levels of coach. I can't remember which one I did first, but one of them was in Toronto. I did, which is his PICP first level one. And then the biosignature, I believe, was in New York. Um, so I always tell people that's when I first started traveling for it. And that was like a huge chunk of my you know, career from that point, transitioning to when people actually knew me was, you know, really, really aggressively pursuing continuing education. So I kind of look mm. at it was like, you know, here's the me building stuff, business side, customer service side, you know, learning more about kind of what team and management side and even getting like a more amplified view of that kind of stuff. And then from there, you know, moving into really pursuing, you know, a higher level technical knowledge, basically, you know, whatever it is. And, and that was a big thing for me as well, too. And so I kind of feel like I had the nice part is I had so much of that stuff, like each thing kind of to a certain level of mastery or proficiency before sure. I like moved on to the next thing. Um and so, yeah, it was, it was huge. Cause again, like, so for thinking about having someone that was guiding me, especially for that business part and the, the initial part was huge. Like, again, if I think some people, 
unfortunately don't get exposed to that and they never really figured it out. I mean, that's the guy yeah. maybe, maybe because he doesn't care about the person wearing a stringer and just eating the protein training his client is maybe, you know, one, they could just be lazy and that's how they'd always be. Or two, they never really had anyone around them that was like inspiring them to like, you can do more than this. This mm. profession can be more. So yeah, I'm really, really grateful for that. And, um, and then, yeah, all the little parts of the way, like some of the stuff was, I always had people to give me some direction or going and even though for continuing education, you're obviously just paying some expert for some direction sure. and guidance of where to go. But yeah, I think all the steps, I mean, that's almost what I tell pretty much anyone at any point in time. It's like, if there's someone, if there, you have an idea of where you want to be or what your ultimate goal is, and there's someone there that's already there, like figure out, talk to them. I mean, that's the whole point yeah. is having some guidance and some direction. Um, because again, if you just look at the super superficial part of it, you just look at people like all the shiny parts of social media, right? And the shiny parts of, oh, I'm going to do online coaching. I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. Or I'm going to do that. It doesn't really give you any idea of like, okay, well, I want all that stuff, but like, how do I actually get there? You know, what's maybe sure. the proper way to go about that? And there's two like huge things that you mentioned that. So one, like, I think networking. So when you're traveling and stuff as well, it gives you an opportunity to network, getting to, like reach out to mentors or people that might be able to help you later in life. But also the most fundamental thing is the basics. And it's, yeah. it kind of that trans back, you can transfer that to anything. So even if you take like when you've done your competitions before and mm -hmm. it's, there's no one magical thing that you're doing in order to look that way on stage. It's yeah. like years of sets, reps, minutes, hours, days, like yeah. day in, day out doing it to get that end result. And I think a lot of people miss that. They want the, the end result. Yeah without doing the basics. I think people believe there's like one thing that you're doing that I don't know about that yeah. is the special thing that's going to get me to where you are. And it's not, it's yeah. just the boring, the boring stuff. Yeah. That's the, and the funny thing too, I, I think about it now with like anything in life, right? Like I joke now, my boys are really into playing baseball and that was never my sport. So it's like, I, I played it a little bit growing up, but like I watch from the outside and watch what they do. And even from like the, they've been playing it for a few years. It's crazy. Like the level of skill, how quickly it goes yeah. up. And then I've taken them to their first like professional games to watch. And so it's like when I'll joke with my oldest or whoever, like every time we go, like he wants to go throw a ball, like, oh yeah, let's go practice. And then he just wants to do like the fun stuff, like throw me crazy high balls or let's yeah. pitch and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, honey, when we went to that professional game, like what did those guys do? Like when they started, like everyone's just catch and throw, yeah. catch and throw, catch and throw, whatever. And so again, with his coach, he's got great coaches and people around him. Like it's the basics and you like never actually lose those basics. Right. It's the people that are really, really proficient. I think sports really translates over because you can look yeah. at any of the highest level athlete. And it's like, I don't think of anyone, whatever, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, whatever, like, do they just walk onto the basketball court and just start like doing 360 dunks or whatever? Like, crazy? <laughs> like, no, they're just basics, 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 basics over and over and over. And that's the thing. I, a lot of people want to skip that. Like that's skipping yeah. the reps. Right. And For some sure. of that stuff as well too. So yeah, that stuff is, um, yeah, I think that's a, a huge part. And then, like you said, that's pretty much nailed it. The other part that everyone leaves out, and I think this is some of the way, at least the way I was brought up, and I think in some ways, you know, um, the way our education system works and the way our schooling works, and then, and honestly, some of it, obviously, I just have to take ownership. It's just my fault. It's like for so long, I just looked at school as completion. Like I'm, just, mm -hmm. I'm a good test taker naturally. So like in high school, and when it started to matter, I didn't have to try hard to get good grades. Sure. And then when college, when things actually got challenging, I could do okay. That's the first one I would go from all A's to like, oh, I'd actually like do my same level of effort as before and get a B. And I'd be like, yeah. holy, holy crap, there's this B thing. And, um, but I still, even in college, honestly had a whole lot of this idea of just like completion. Like I'm going to go through these things. Mm. And, um, and honestly at the time, it's probably because I didn't really have a whole lot of an idea of what I was doing. And even when I was finally exposed to some people, 
that could give me some more like real life guidance. It took me like a long time to really transition the mindset. Um, and it wasn't really until I was actually doing it as a profession where it's like so many of the big things if people look at from the outside, like, Oh, how'd you get to do this and that? And there, where you're at, like you said, most of it, the other biggest part is for sure is relationships, like building yeah. relationships along the way. And, um, and you just don't realize like, same as I think it's probably the same as anything in the world, but the industry is small. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. And especially if you're active, right? So if, if you know, if I've, I've gone to enough continuing education stuff, or I've gone to enough, obviously bodybuilding type stuff, where again, really everybody does know everybody to a certain degree and, um, and how people view you and how you treat those other people and the things you build, obviously translate to are people going to want to do stuff with you? <laughs> and that's sure. ultimately how it is. And I find that the, you know, two things of advice I give to people too is, is one, you know, go out of your way to like build those. Like I, it's tough, yeah. like in a normal way. So obviously be like polite and respectful. Um, but that's a balance too, where some people I say, be polite and respectful of people's time, uh, but also be persistent, you know, cause mm -hmm. there were times too, where like, I know from my end and I know from other people that I've seen that are perceivably even busier than I am. Like everybody actually wants to help, right? Like yeah. we all, all of us like this. And I really do like to help. And um, I like to be able to, you know, it's obviously fulfilling to have like a nice conversation with somebody that actually wants your help. You know, sure. you can tell is actually going to use it, whether it's a comment or an audio reply, or if I'm sitting and talking with somebody in person, like that stuff's great. But then at the end of the day, unfortunately, it's like we only have so many hours in the day. Yeah. And so sometimes the people that I've, you know, that helped that have stuck with doing stuff now with me or, you know, come to my stuff or involved with things that I'm doing they're the persistent ones, the ones that are mm. like kind of always either asking stuff or reaching out. And then again, just doing it politely, right? Where it's the, you have sure. that realization that these people are busy. Like, cause that's what I do too. If I'm even someone I have a good relationship with, if I'm want something from them or I have a question for them, I'll literally make sure that I try and reduce the amount of time on their end. Like I'll literally like it's same as yeah. like, if I have somebody that has an event that they're doing and I want to go to it, I'll like go on their social media first and like check all their links and go through all their stuff and see like, I'm not going to ask them any questions I can find for myself, right? I'm not sure. going to ask them where it is or what time it is. I'm sure I can find that. And then when I find all that out, then I might reach out and say, Hey, you know, and I'll even say, I know you're busy. I looked through yeah. all this stuff. I found out these dates and this and that, but you know, if I come, should I blah, 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 whatever, things like that. And, um, and like I said, I've had times before where I've, I know what my emails look like, same as everybody, like where I've emailed somebody, Someone said, Hey, you know, you're interested in this email me. And I yeah. emailed me and didn't get anything back. And I've literally done two follow-up emails where I just say, Hey, you know, I'm no rush. No, don't mean to be annoying, but I'm just bumping this back to the top. I know how my email is and maybe this yeah, just yeah. got missed. And I've had people that I did like two or three times like that. And then finally on the third one, they're like, Oh my gosh, thanks for keeping putting this to the top. <laughs> I totally forget about it and whatever. And, um, I literally have seen other times where I've connected people or whatever it is. And they say, Oh yeah, I reached out and I never heard back or whatever. And I was like, they're just busy. Just reach out again politely. And I've learned people be like, nah, you know, I just, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to whatever. And I'm like, yeah. well, there, and literally some people, some of those things is like, that was the end of that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's some of the basics, but I also wish like, again, when I had, I don't know, I just had like this whole perception of like how things worked when you're like, when I was like, again, a teenager and coming up, like, here's how things work when you're a yeah. grown up. And like, it's just, here's grownups doing grownup things and here's entrepreneurs doing entrepreneur <laughs> things and all this and that. And it's like, and here's me. And like, I'm just on the outside, whatever. And then when you're like kind of getting on the inside of some of that stuff, you're like, this is how it works. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, it's not some weird thing. Like you do just talk to people and you do just you yeah. know, build good relationships and all that stuff is actually important. So, you know, that's the balance of somewhere. I think it's great. You know, if you can have some guidance from the outside and some sure. direction where you can hopefully all of that say, here's the mistakes I made. Don't do that stuff. You know, if you're going to go to college, 
don't waste half of it, make use of all of it or whatever. Uh, But at the same time too, is going through and building those relationships. And, but then like the tricky side with everything in life is a lot of those lessons don't actually obviously get learned unless you Mm -hmm. like make mistakes and then look back. You're like, Oh, now I really learned. Right. It's like, okay, I, that's how I'm really supposed to do it. And like, obviously that's just like human nature, right? Like that's all I think about with my kids now when I'm like trying to like, you know, mostly I I'm aware that parenting is going to be a result of what they watch me do. Sure. But obviously having communication with them and hopefully like actually having some times where we sit and talk through stuff and it's not just me like lecturing them. Like sometimes when I'm talking with them, I'm like, I'm like giving you the secrets now. Like this is yeah. it. Like I am helping you crack <laughs> the code. I'm like letting you jump 10 years ahead of all these yeah. other people. And it's like, and then it's like the same conversations like I, I heard with my dad or whatever it was in some way, shape or form. And then it's like, well, <laughs> I still had to go through it to whatever. Right. And so I think about that with obviously anything. It's just, that's the, when people are like, oh, don't you get frustrated when, someone doesn't want to learn this or they don't want to hear that or they say that. And I was like, not really. I mean, it's not just a workout thing, right? That's like a human nature thing. So yes, I it's frustrating to, that as humans, we still do that, but. I used to get frustrated at it. Like I would, cause yeah. people would like family members and or friends would, I, I don't know if they asked me or I would just be like, Hey, here's loads of value for free how to yeah. do something. Um, and then they would never execute on it. And it's, yeah. I, and I don't know if it's goes back to that whole, like, because a lot of the stuff I'm telling them isn't rocket science. It's like, it's the basics. So do the basics yeah. and you'll get the result. And I think then they just either think that that's not the way you do it, or you, they just can't be bothered with like having to go through that to then get to the, yeah. to the end. Oh yeah. And I always say it's funny too, where it's like, it literally just happened. I had a, a birthday party for my middle boy. And so we had a bunch of like, you know, his friends from school over and parents over and like, without a doubt, someone will start to be like, Oh, like, you know, what do you do? Or you know, oh, work yeah. out or something like that. And I'll literally have just someone start to unload on me, like everything that they're doing, like with their diet or this, whatever. And now I've just gotten good where I just like, listen, and I smile and nod yeah. and wait if there's like any questions or something or whatever. And I'm like, I think like literally like the really random obscure thing, but the way people think about, it, like I have like sitting on our counter, I have like these little like micro greens growing. Oh, yeah. And so we had like the, everyone was like talking to, you know, we're talking about fitness and like, Oh, like what's the, tell me the deal with these. Like what's the secret with the micro greens <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, well, they're like, they're vegetables, they're green. And he's like, well, yeah, but like, what's the deal? And I was like, they're probably good for you. I don't know. I'm like, I'm just yeah. trying to eat more green stuff. Like they're right there on my counter. I just rip them off and put them in things like that's, I like that. And he's like waiting for the super secret of something. I was like, no, cause that's when you get obviously the whole separate thing, but the way people try and label food, I was like, there's things yeah. that are just generally good for me. I'm trying to eat them. Right. I'm not going to like have this specific uh, promise or outcome or hope that I'm having from these micro greens. I'm just going to eat some green stuff, but yeah, it's funny. I, I actually, I think I thought about what you made me think about again now, which is I, I want to say this was some advice from, uh, if anybody has no really famous strength coaches, Jim Windler. I want to say this was a story from him or a coach that he had or something. But basically one of the best things I've heard from a coaching standpoint, I think I want to say it was, and if I butcher this, somebody else can tell me later, this is wrong, but it was, he was saying he had a coach or something when he was young that was coming up. He went in the gym and wanted to like, he wanted to get strong. He wanted to get jacked. He like, the, the outside, nobody else knew this, but obviously him looking back internally, he had adherence and commitment. He was ready mm-hmm. to work. And so he went to the coach at that point in time and said, hey, I want to I want to be big. I want to be strong. What do I do? And the coach said something like, go do like good mornings, you know, like the exercise, good morning, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, all right. And so he literally goes over and start doing good mornings or whatever. And said he came back the next day to the coach. He's like, I want to I want to get big. I want to get strong. Like, what do I do or whatever? And he's like, go, go do good mornings or whatever. And so he's like, all right. And so literally goes and he's doing good mornings or whatever and comes back like again, three times in a row, basically has the same type of thing. And he's like starting to get kind of frustrated at that point in time. 
but he's like, I just, you know, whatever I asked him. And this is what he said. So like the third time literally gets, he's like, I feel like the coach doesn't like me. He's brushing me off. And then literally by the fourth time or something, he came back, the coach is like, all right, like now I'm going to give you some more stuff. And he so started to like spend all this time with him. And he said, the coach had, whenever students would come to him and ask him for something, ask him for help, he would just give him one thing. Yeah. And he'd repeat that one thing two or three times and then go see if they'd actually do it. Cause that's the thing is like, you could have this, if someone says, Hey Joe, how do I get jacked? And then I just like, all right, sit around. We're going to have this two hour story. That's yeah. going to be 1% of it. And then, like you said, you have that whole conversation where you're trying to help somebody or whatever. And it's like at the end of like, they just walk away and you know, the next day you see him eating the giant fucking hamburger and they were just <laughs> asking you about all these nuanced nutrition things for a certain period of time. And so I thought about that at some point that I, in some ways I've utilized that concept in various, like, you know, when you have single touches or interactions with people, if somebody really seems like they want help. Cause that was even the point. He's like, I always would tell students to go do this because they wouldn't really know why. And he's like, honestly, it really had nothing to do with good mornings, but I'm just actually see if someone's going to follow through and do the things that I did. And so he said it turned from a coach that he thought was kind of being a jerk and brushing him off to him figuring out, Oh, this is how this coach figured out where he was actually going to spend his time and effort with athletes Mm. or with everyone there. Cause again, if you same thing, you'd spend an hour, half an hour this day, half an hour that day. Imagine, especially you've got 30 kids or 50 kids or hundred kids and you'd basically just spread thin, and, yeah. you know, all, 99 of them aren't using anything. And the 1% that would use it, you're still only giving him the same amount of time. It just gave him a much better direction with where am I going to put time and effort and stuff. So it's kind of a good concept that I've used at times when people are trying to, like, you know, have these long conversations. I'm like, well, just start with this thing and then see if I ever have yeah. to follow up with that. And if not, then whatever. They didn't really want to know anyway, right? <laughs> That's a cool way to do it. And so with, yeah. like, giving value, helping people, um, at some point you made the transition from gym floor to online and so how did you do that what was the process how did you get online um, so the first thing that i'll say obviously our mutual friend um of ben pikolsky so I, for people that don't know i moved up to tampa from i honestly had very successful very comfortable position uh was basically no one's gonna know this but like an hour south of uh tampa hour and a half south of tampa i worked um and i was like a department manager for personal training like over a club as well as helping with other clubs and um it was actually the decision ended up being a lot tougher than originally intended to because basically as I was resigning to go and try and start something with Ben the owners who I was very close with at that point in time were like oh we were just like getting ready to move you into this basically almost like partial ownership position or partial whatever like where again at that when I started with them they only had two clubs so it was like there was personal training department met Mm -hmm. me and you know one other club and helping out another manager a little bit but as they were starting to systemize things and honestly I still say this day, it's like people always want to say like, like decisions are easier or whatever. It's like, oh, this is the path. I'm like, it made it really, really tough because I I loved that job that I was at. Mm -hmm. There was nothing about it that I was like, I need to get out of here. I loved it. And honestly, to this day, that was like the best owner I've ever worked for. The guy that still owns the company. And and now I have joke. I'm like, did I make the right decision? The joke is yes. But they (laughs) now are like the largest, they might be the largest franchise franchise owners of crunches in the US. So they own crunch. Um, And I think they own the rights to like everything in Florida. And I don't even know how many clubs they have now. They have like dozens yeah. and dozens of clubs. And, and I, I knew that ahead of time because that was that's why it was tricky. Is like, well, one, um, I really like working for them. And two, I know that they're going to be really successful because still, the, mm. they're, like that was someone that I learned a ton from, from probably like the best like operators, like gym club operators I'd ever seen um, and some of the best systems and customer service and culture around gyms. And he had done it several times. So it was just like he had, he had bought like at some point in time, like a medium size something and built it to, you know, from one club to like 10 clubs. And then at the peak of the market, sold it to a bigger company. 
-hmm. and then he started over he started one of the first women's only gyms in like in our area as well too and that at some point in time grew to be same thing dozens and dozens of clubs and at some point in time he sold the rights to franchise it he franchised it and sold that and then basically sold parts of the actual clubs that he had and then started over again with crunch and honestly he was like i was really debating retiring and he's like but i just i like it he's like he, that's happening yeah. he'll be the guy that literally just likes people so much that he'll just like he likes to go into gyms just to hang out with people not really to work out just to like hang out with people <laughs> he's the same guy that like he likes going to a bar and will like talk to strangers like the sure. exact opposite of me <laughs> and so I'm like, this guy was just awesome. So anyway, kind of a longer story short, it was really, really tough decision to come up and work with Ben, which was a completely different thing. Why did you, but of, Joe, why, why did you leave it? Like that's because it is such a huge decision. Like when you look at yeah. those on the other side, what was the, sure. the thing that made you just do it? You know, so I honestly, I had even told my, I, I don't have a hundred percent good answer more so just yeah. kind of maybe a feeling. And honestly, I, you know, pray about stuff a lot and, worked mm. that a lot with my wife but i honestly always had this dream and i i joke i had this when i was talking with a group of trainers this said something a couple a uh, couple weeks ago where i told my wife i didn't really i kind of vaguely remember it but i remember you know my wife obviously uh started dating me despite being a, a workout weirdo like literally she come into my room and it's like this fucking bodybuilding magazines and arnold shit <laughs> on the walls and i'm obsessed with it like a ding dong i even joke like half i don't know if i've told people this is probably my wife half like gave me a backhanded not even backhanded basically just gave me like an insult one of the first times we met like we were like i didn't i didn't look like a bodybuilder so it's not actually an insult but like when we first met i was probably 20 years old and like i was very lean and looked very good with my shirt off i probably weighed i'm 5'11 i probably weighed 180 pounds so obviously 5'11 yeah. 180 pounds you don't look like you were a bodybuilder with your shirt off but i was obsessed <laughs> with bodybuilding and um the first time i met my wife i was with a mutual friend and I was thinking about doing a natural show at that point in time, but I was like, I only told that to my friends. It's not like something you tell girls you're just meeting. And my no. friend is an asshole. He literally goes, Oh yeah, Joe's thinking about doing a bodybuilding show. <laughs> and, um, and my wife, so she, we worked through it. We got over it. But at the time, the first thing out of her mouth was like, yeah, what? Like the lightweight division. And I was like, <laughs> if you could think of the worst possible thing to say to a 20 year old, that's basically been working out for five years, like an insane person, yeah. just to hopefully look like they work out that's the you i was crushed uh but anyway so i had told her at some point in time then i joke later on we were at her apartment we played some cards and hung out together and we all went in their apartment hot tub later i took my shirt off and i saw her checking me out so i was like ah take that nice. i won and uh, so i'm like i got abs under this i don't know i don't have any muscle but i'm shredding and um but anyway so that's a really good tangent but the tangent goes for i remember at some point in time when we were you know probably later within a year or so of being together dating or whatever telling her she was like talking about like what I obviously want to do you know when she met me I had an exercise science degree and she was always very like my wife is not like someone I don't know how like other wives actually are depending on what you see on social media but like yeah. you know when you see like the people they're like we're like the king and a queen and we're building our empire together and all that I don't know if that's yeah. actually true I'm sure some people are like that but like Carol is just always like quietly like supportive like when I so I told her I was like honestly if I could have a job when I grew up I'm like, I would love to train professional bodybuilders. And I was like, but, and I literally was like, Charles Glass does that. He's the only person I know that does it. And I was like, and he's already got the job. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I can do that. And I really just had this idea of like, that would be awesome. Like if you ask me right now, yeah. if you ask, cause I already had this reality. I had trained with enough people to know that I had pretty shit genetics, relatively speaking, you know? And so knowing that I, even for all the normal training partners I'd had for five years of training, that everybody got bigger, faster than me. But so I realized I was like, I already knew ahead of time, whenever I was working out and I had training partners, 
I was always the people leading the workout. And so I was right. like, people would always come to me with questions and always come to me with this stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I have something that, you know, and I kind of understood how other coaches and athletes relationships work. I was like, sometimes the best coaches are good because they have to think more. They have to like find their sure. way a little bit more. And so I remember thinking like, I really think I could do this job because, you know, a lot of bodybuilders just are bodybuilders because they have great genetics. And uh, so I remember telling her that. And, um, you know, as I worked in like the normal big box gyms, I always slowly built like a larger and larger demographic of, of bodybuilders, mm. which was like, basically like, you just didn't do that. Like everybody in like clubs you went to, you know, I'd have people that would basically be like, you know, one, there's no money with bodybuilders, so don't bother with it. But then two, there was always this idea, even if I, even when I was slightly bigger, you know, 200 pounds or 210 pounds starting as a trainer, I was way smaller than all the bodybuilders. I was always smaller than the people I wanted to work with. So there was this whole thing too, where like nobody, no trainers ever talked to the big guys in any of the gyms I ever worked at. And sure. I was like, those are exactly the guys I'm going to talk to. And obviously there were some times where there's a little bit of resistance, which I understand of like, I'm bigger than you shut up, you know, and that's kind of always exists at some yeah. point, which again, I kind of understand where yeah. it comes from. Um, but then I had people that were obviously, they either saw the way that I trained, saw the way that I work with clients. You know, I offered them something for free. They could see some immediate, Oh, this guy's thinking, and this is, this is this thought process and stuff. So I first started actually just that was my my favorite client to work with was like the biggest guy in the gym that nobody else would work with. Yeah. And then obviously, as you know, now the funny part is that I, just, of course it makes sense, but I had some clients that had crazy money that wanted to get jacked as well too. Like the joke is yes, technically it's not as big of a market as weight loss, but obviously there's people that are financially well off that like that as well too. And so I was kept on moving more and more the direction. I got the most enjoyment out of training that demographic. Sure. And so even when I was, you know, at that spot with that company, um, it was, it was tough too, because again, if I said I had a first passion and love, it was more that bodybuilding muscle building thing. Yeah. A second thing I was almost equally passionate about was like, I did like, I like the whole business of like personal training. Like that's honestly something I still like miss like this much, not that much, but I still miss is like, I miss like having a team. I miss like, honestly, like the big commercial gym and a lot of stuff, like anyone that's been a trainer their whole life, especially in a commercial gym understands what I'm talking about. There's a lot that goes into that. The same as anything else, the same as there's all this little idiosyncrasies and weirdness and bodybuilding the same as obviously being a full-time personal trainer and you know managing things and obviously the tie of trying to obviously help people and do the things you're supposed to do with very business stuff it's like here's the club plan we have to hit this financial goal and here's what it's going to be the next year and you're looking at that relative to other clubs and literally just making stuff competitive and whatever and i liked all that so it was like really came down to it was never like a oh this is an easy decision it was like something I'm currently doing that I really want to do, but the direction that was taking me, I think would have been more and more out of one-on-one -on -one contact, you know, so sure. if the clubs grew, they basically needed someone to help systemize everything for training. So I, even when I was talking with them at the time, they were like, we'll always let you have a certain amount of time, like training people, people were really mm. nice and accommodating. But then I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I, and I've seen people try and do that. Like, even if I was training a few hours of clients a day, it would just take away from me doing a really good job at that. So I was like, well, yeah. do I go all into where I'm more, kind of this big picture, more of the business of personal training, or do I go into the thing that I still really feel like I'm passionate about? And so that was the main reason I went to that is I just had that passion. I was, and I honestly, I did honestly have a belief that like, I can, I can do something with this. I, I know mm -hmm. something's there and I can do something with it. I just don't know how yet exactly. And so I was like, for that, at that point in time, especially, you know, the relationship. So if anybody doesn't know, I, had, uh, I was probably training partners with Ben Pikulski for maybe three or four years up to this point in time. And so I just liked being around at that point in time, probably the only intelligent bodybuilder and, um, and starting to get a little bit more in the bodybuilding culture. And, and we had so many things that were similar 
that I was like, you know what, I'm going to go up here and just kind of see what happens. And honestly, part mm -hmm. of it was just, I wanted that to be more the culture I was around and more the people I was around. So I didn't know how that was going to translate to anything. Um, but that's why I made that initial jump was just kind of uh, blind faith that it would turn out into something good. And honestly, I just had, I don't know, like the joke is now is like, I don't want to say that I'm not, I don't know if I could have done that when I had kids, yeah. um, which I have more respect for now because I was so single-minded at that point mm -hmm. in time. I shouldn't even say that. <laughs> don't say oh, kids sound like an asshole. I did have a kid. I didn't forget <laughs> about him, I swear. But I was just new. I literally had a one-year-old. And so it was like, literally the way our schedule was, we didn't have school, we didn't have whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if I had been where I'm at now, I don't know if I would have had like that level of like single mindedness and confidence that like, I'm going to make this one thing work basically no matter what. Sure. And then the short story of how I started transition to online stuff was Ben finally, I never wanted to do social media because I looked at it for all like, again, the very surface stuff. I just see like other people's stuff. And I'm like, this is just, this looks yeah. like crap. You know, it's all, <laughs> it was all like fluff and like, Hey, here's a picture of my bicep. And especially then it was like in its infancy. So there was not really any, a whole lot of value. It was just like people mm -hmm. literally showing their physiques mostly. And then people like, oh, I like their physique, follow and thumbs up, whatever. And, um, but I remember Ben, obviously there were people doing YouTube. There were people using other platforms for more educational purpose. And obviously Ben was a big part of that. And so I remember the time him being like, just start doing something. Or he'd even said that prior to that, right? Prior to me coming up, he's like, get on. And I was like, always reluctant. And I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do on there? And yeah. he's like, he goes, literally just establish yourself as an expert. He's like, just start talking about stuff, man. Just start talking about working out. You don't even have to know what you do with it. Just start yeah. doing it. And I was like, and that honestly is great advice to people I give. Like, that's the whole point where if you, if you actually do this for a profession, I had no shortage of stuff to talk about. Because at that point in time when I started, obviously was very serious in my own training, but I was still probably working in the club, you know, like 60 hours a week or something. So I was still mm -hmm. putting in a ton of time with clients. I had all the time that I have with clients. So when people are like, how do you like think of content or whatever? And I was like, I just have an endless, I don't have to think of it. Like, this is yeah. what I do for a living. I'm literally just talking about, here's what I did today with so-and-so. And when people are struggling for content. I'm like, maybe you don't actually do this as a profession, right? You're just trying to copy other yeah. people that do this as a profession. It's the like joke between like, are you like a police officer? Or are you dressing up like one for Halloween? Like, if you have to like, how do I stay in character? What do I talk about? How do I keep up this act as being a police officer? It's like actual police officers don't have to do that because they're doing police yeah. officer shit all day. And um, so anyway, I just started posting. And then the nice thing that came about from that is I always liked <clears throat> public speaking. I always liked uh, trying to write things that when I would public speak, I would like to try and say things that were entertaining. I just always did that. that like even in my profession, even when I was a personal training manager, we used to have like these conference calls and I would make them a joke. I would like yeah. shit talk the other clubs and stuff. And like, you know, I would be like the hype man for my whole team. Normally we'd be like, we get on these calls and like, oh, this club was great. We beat our goal by 2% and so-and-so had their best month and blah, blah, blah. Now literally there were times when I would come on and I would have like a, like a, whatever you call it, like a little, at that point in time, like a little boombox, whatever. I'd start yeah. playing music. So like the call would come on, there'd be like some, you know, music playing. And then I'd literally come on and start shit talking the other clubs. And then I would say all this hype stuff around my trainers and like really hype them up and say stuff but the other managers and other clubs now i literally had people that were like hated me as a result of it which i thought was <laughs> hilarious and i even at one time when i would write these and then i would write the same thing i write these long emails and we'd summarize a yeah. month or whatever the same as my captions basically this was in my profession i remember i'd write these long emails and the same thing i would just talk trash and it was all jokes and obviously good my opinion good natured uh competition i remember one time so i'd write these like the whole club the whole company all the other managers and I had another manager write back and reply to everybody. And she was like, you know, you think you're really funny, but I just want to let you know that you're not. 
or something. And I was like, oh shit. She replied that to everybody. I remember, so my wife is in human resources. And I remember at the time she's like, you might want to be like careful with what you're writing in these things. And so I remember literally like right after I'd sent out an email and that person had sent me that, I got a call from the owner and it, which wasn't that weird, but he called me. He's like, Hey, he's like, I just want to let you know something. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, whenever I see one of your emails come through, he's like, no matter what I'm doing, I stop what I'm doing and I open it. And not only do I read it, he's like, but I call and read it to my wife because she thinks they're hilarious <laughs> as well too. So I literally had the owners were just like, he was dying hysterically at my emails and his what read him to his wife whenever I would get him. And I'd be like, Oh, I think I'm safe. I don't think I need to worry about yeah. like, you know, upsetting anybody or whatever. So honestly, when I actually started social media, it was kind of just like a natural transition of like, I like working out. I like all the technical side about it. And if anybody remembers, I know that you will remember. Well, like when I first started, I was a little bit more not, not reeled in a little bit. I would be a little bit more basically say things that might've been slightly antagonistic <laughs> or whatever, or be a little bit more of an asshole, which I've tried to reel in, just trying to be generally a little bit nicer, but it worked well because people like, I had people that literally liked my delivery as much as they liked the content. I even remember specifically, we had one point in time, we had a, you know, the camps at MI40, with these muscle camps. And uh, it, the funny thing is, cause it's, I always say, do whatever you like to do with the business. Cause I, I did write some of the social media stuff for Ben at some point in time at MI40. Yeah. And I remember he hated it and would tell people to take posts down. He's like, oh, you want to run it? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll start. That's my first start social media. And I'd write jokes and he, he hated it. He just, if anyone knows Ben's business, there's not a whole lot of jokes involved, which is obviously fine. That's, and it works well for his business. But I remember writing these jokes and I remember him being like, who's writing these jokes and shit and pulling my post down. I was like, all right, I guess I'm not doing that anymore. But at one of these camps, we had this, uh, we had a group of kind of middle-aged well-off women that all came together to this camp, three or four of them. And so at the end of the middle of like a lunch break between the camps, we're talking about nerd stuff and all this, you know, Ben's like, oh, how'd you guys hear about us? And the lady's like, oh, we heard about you. We heard about this from Joe's content. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, she's like, yeah. She's like, she's like, we just think he's so funny. He's so hilarious. And like, we just love his <laughs> jokes and the way he's like, blah, blah, blah. And like, that was, they literally talked about that for like five minutes. And they're like, hey, you know, we like that he talks about muscles and stuff too. And so it was like literally like an afterthought. I was like, these people that I remember they flew from, they were from Texas. So they flew, you know, a thousand miles, spent yeah. thousands of dollars. And the main reason that they actually got into the stuff in the first place was because of my jokes. They literally like, Oh, we just love his jokes. We love all the stuff that he says. I'm like, all right, well that's some, I had other people that tell me they hate it. So I've had just as much on the other side, but that's generally how things work. And, um, but how I very, very first monetized, I was just putting stuff out with no end goal whatsoever. And then I just had people, I didn't even know what online coaching was to be honest. Like really, mm -hmm. I mean, I was aware of it, but I had people that would just message me constantly. Do you do online coaching? Do you do online coaching? Do you do online coaching? And I was like, no, I don't even know what that is. And it sounds horrible. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and honestly, it got to the point where I was like, it sounds bad. But I was like, well, I'm like, man, I'm just turning down a lot of money. I kind of need the money. And I was like, let's just see how this goes. And like, I didn't half-ass. I was like, I'll do a really good job with what I can. Yeah. And so literally when I first started doing online coaching, I already had like, I had like 150 requests that I had to go back and through. I'm like, oh, here's what I'm doing. And here's my pricing and I've been holding off for this long or whatever. And, um, you know, so that's one thing that I tell people if they're thinking like, how do I do something online is like, you shouldn't have to figure it out too much. People mm -hmm. should ask for it. And yeah. if no one's asking for anything, probably not a good time to try and sell something. Right. Cause if they don't, cause yeah. that's what I had. I had people that were literally begging like for me to do online coaching. And so the short story of that is I did online coaching and I did not like it at all because I like obviously having control over a person, what they do and how they do it much more than all the paper stuff. And I found that online coaching was almost all the paper stuff. Even I had some great clients that had great adherence, got good results, 
so much of it was just like handholding and babysitting. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm not, I'm not handholding and babysitting. I don't, I don't really feel like doing that at this point in time, especially with someone that I don't have any impact with outside of the conversations of handholding and babysitting. So I, I stopped doing that. Um, but the, the whole thing I always say is when I first got into stuff is I had people requesting stuff is mm. how I started to like determine what do I want to do and whatever I want to offer. You know, I was, it's, I think it's wise for people again, if, cause if you don't have anybody asking for more of your stuff, and this is when people, I think when they launch a program or they launch whatever that no one's asked for. And they're like, why did it do so shitty? Why yeah. isn't anybody buying it? I was like, nobody asked for it. They didn't yeah. ask for it for free. Like, why would they ask for it? Then want to pay money for it. Right. And so I think that's a, something that people tend to miss is to some degree, if you're good enough at something, you create enough value, you establish this ex that's all established expertise is if you really mm -hmm. are good at helping people, creating good experiences for your clients, producing good results, then you talking about what you do to do all that should be very apparent. This person yeah. is an expert. They know what they're doing. They speak to it confidently. I can clearly see the positive outcome from it. And people or other people are going to want that and they're going to ask mm. for it. You know, that's exactly um, actually how Kahuna's came about was I for years would have people, it got to almost like a daily occurrence where people would DM me and they'd be like, Hey, I've been using Joe's app and I love it. Um, can you build me an app? And then I'd be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's, uh, it's probably like $300,000, $400,000 at this point, like to get it to that position. And at that point, yeah. obviously the conversation just goes dead because yeah. <laughs> most people don't have like three, dollars $400,000 to throw into an app. And so yeah. just all the time though, I get people asking like, I need this, I need this, I need this. And so that's when at some point I was like, well, okay, well, we need to now build it for the people that want it. And that's yeah. exactly the same thing. Like people, if you're giving enough value to people for free or they can see that you're um, extremely capable at your job and what you do, and they trust in you to be the one that's going to solve the problem for them, then they'll be messaging you, emailing you, WhatsApping you, like doing everything to try and get in contact with you. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember, well, like, as, as you're talking, I was thinking as well, I've got this vivid memory of um, standing in the apartment in Tampa. So I, I came over to Tampa um, to work with Ben for a little bit, and that's when we met. And yep. I remember standing in, the apartment and you'd come over and i had this makeshift stand-up desk that i'd created for myself i had yeah. like a like an imac on top of a box or something and we were there yeah i remember uh, um setting up your social media for hypertrophy coach yes yeah exactly yeah no i totally remember because i always tell people because it was a combination of you and then obviously once i was actually doing it some of the trainers like at that point in time bryce and i remember yeah. taylor when i worked with and stuff but yeah, so for anybody like this is if there's a life lesson to be learned there, because some people will look at my stuff now and be like, you're so good at social media. And I was like, <laughs> I am not. And I was like, literally, I wish we could have recorded that had we known <laughs> in hindsight, like the actual conversation. Cause I tell people, and you can validate it's not joking. I was like, imagine right now, if you're listening and you had to say your grandma is like, you know what? I'm gonna get into the social media thing. Like, what do I do? Like the type of conversation you'd have to have with your 80-something-year-old grandma was the type of conversations that Mark had to have with me. And I was like, I don't, so what's this, the screen name and the handle and this and that, and blah, blah. And I don't understand how any of this works or whatever. And then honestly, like, even once you helped me make all of this stuff, I would joke too, is like, I could barely like use my phone. I was like, this does more than like, I'm like a monkey hitting it with tools and stuff basically. And uh, so anyway, I tell people that all the time, which again, segues into why I think it's so important to actually have a skill set. Is because the platforms change and the platforms will come and go, right? Yeah. And so that's the thing is like, and I've seen it and, and I'm seeing it and we're still in the infancy of a lot of social media, relatively speaking, but things come and go and people get good at the platform. Mm. And then if they're just good at the platform, when it changes or evolves or goes away, 
then they just kind of get left behind. But if you have a skill set where you actually provide value to people and clients and can help people produce results, then it's just how are you communicating that? And there's and that's why I think it is great to have outside guidance because like that's half the joke for me is no like the reason that I want to continue working with you is just so like you can keep on top of shit that I'm not going to keep on top of. Like literally, the joke is like, hey Mark, what are the kids doing these days? And uh, and I, and that's the point of it is like obviously that's like you said it's like with a lot of things going through. I think as you go through some things, and that's the beauty of, again, some people talk about the bad side of social media or whatever we have going on, which there's obviously some negativity associated with everything. But the other thing is like everyone's so connected now yeah. that if you're if you're good at building relationships and all that kind of stuff, then eventually you'll be in positions, I think, where you can find people that are doing what they're passionate about. And by them doing those things and working together, allow you to do what you're passionate about and ultimately make everybody better at their own things. Um, as opposed to the same thing where I'm trying to, if I have to spend my entire day trying to figure out anything remotely technical or this or that, or trying to stay ahead of things, it's like, there's just not enough hours in the day. And even if there are, even if that's your only thing, you're still not going to be as good at the one thing as you could be. Right. It's the Mm -hmm. whole, you know, jack of all trades and master of none. And if you're trying to do a little bit of everything, as opposed to just having focus on one thing. I remember joking too. Then, like, as soon as I was like taking this back to MI40 and I'm like, I have it, I have like Instagram. (laughs) I remember talking to like Taylor and a Taylor Jordan for image and knows a bikini competitor, bikini pro. And at that point in time, I think she had like 50,000 followers, which for me having zero was like, holy shit. And I remember Bryce at that time had like, and I, I didn't understand it at all. Bryce had like a thousand or 2000. I was still like, do you know all those people? And I'm like, how did you get 2000? I don't even understand. And I'm like, you know, literally it's, when you do it, you start, you're like adding friends from your contacts. It's like, I got my mom. Yeah. I got you know someone else from, I do from middle schools on there. And so anyway, the whole thing was just, um, it's, it would have been really entertaining to document that whole process of me getting started on all that, having absolutely no idea what the hell I was doing. What do you think was, what do you think was like the turning point for you? So with social, um, because there was a period as well, like when you first started out where I don't remember exactly what happened. We had a period of time where you kind of started up and then we kind of stopped for a bit and then we went back to it. But what do you think was the pivotal moment for you that kind of gave you credibility online and helped you then to push forward with it um well i think that our little stop start i'll kind of go to that i think i think that was more separate that was more just of our when we actually were starting the website and the app and that was for different reasons but like the social media i honestly feel like the only barrier was literally physically starting like the Mm. literally like the and this is the same with anything right i mean that's just like not the same as anything, but obviously one of the biggest hurdles for anything new in life is the like literally just take that first step. And it's so yeah. cliche, but it's literally just like, okay, like push, I'm going to record this video. This is going to be <laughs> it. I still remember what my first video that I did. And then I'm like, I'm just going to write something about it. And and that was that. And so then it was like the first one, like the first couple posts that I did were just literally like, okay, like some of it was just do the steps. So I know how this like works, honestly, yeah. upload. Okay, here it is. And like, then like talk, like what's happening now and what do I do? And like, <laughs> what the hell are hashtags and shit like that or whatever. But then like literally like pretty quick, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, holy shit. I've got a ton of stuff to film. Like I never had like lack of whatever. I was always like mm-hmm. at that point in time, cause I had all this stuff that had never been anywhere. Like my only issue now is I have the mistake of not wanting to feel like I'm repeating stuff which is obviously stupid because I literally won't repeat things. I've literally never like yeah. reposted a post that I've had before and watching from the outside. Now I realize how many people just like repost their most popular posts. Like I've yeah. seen some people that have been, I've known them for a year and they've reposted the same thing five times. Yeah. So anyway, this can be a good learning curve for anyone watching. That's probably actually a good idea. Instead of me thinking, yeah. I don't want to do the same stuff because even my hardcore people that watch all of my posts, 
really only see 25% of my posts. But anyway, yeah. long story short, I have all this shit in my brain. So for me, every single time I was posting something, it was like new and exciting. Like I'd never talked about this or whatever it yeah. is. And then like really like instantly, I remember telling, I don't remember if I was, I was telling, I think I was telling you honestly, because like you said, of the people I have conversations with now, I'm like, did I tell this to Mark or to Carol or to Terrence? Like that's the people, that's the, my circle. <laughs> and at the time it might've been, Ben was in there probably as well too. But so I was like, I, I remember being like, saying like i know because i knew that it was kind of important because when as soon as i started to like look at what other people did and people that i actually admired and did a good job like they did have like a voice and mm -hmm. i remember thinking that when i would the stuff that i did consume online is coming on the tail end of like blogs were huge and articles were huge and like t nation was massive and things like that and i remember i had people that i loved reading their stuff half of it because of how they wrote it and sure. i remember thinking that i was like i i have a way that i like to speak and i have a way that i like to write and I remember kind of telling you that I was like, I, I know that I can like get into this groove. And literally it was as soon as I got over the first, I think, couple posts that were like, just how do I actually post things? And then, okay, yeah. this is my shit. I can do whatever the hell I want with it. I feel like it just kind of had like a straight kind of ramp up from that point. Yeah. I don't really feel like it ever really, the social media thing in general ever really slowed down a whole lot. I think there are little points along the way, whereas obviously the platform changes. There mm. is something to be said about just maybe adapting to that a little bit. But it doesn't change at, at the core as far as obviously do you actually have value to offer and then honestly one of the only times that i think that i had the up and down so for anybody who doesn't know i had tons of people asking me because we had we, you know you we had met before and then you had just helped me and given me your time for free to help me like start you know this and how to like secure a website and all this and i always tell people too again for the people that don't know i just wrote this the other day in a post assuming not everybody saw this um <clears throat> but when i was really thinking about like, what am I going to do? Like, remember you saying, like, you need like a screen name or you need like a handle or whatever it was. Yeah. And at that point in time, I, I had gone through so much Paulquin stuff. And I remember Charles Paulquin telling the story of how the term or the title strength coach was made. And it was like basically before strength coach. And I think that term was probably made in maybe the 60s. I could be wrong. Somebody will tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but basically at the time it was like the, it was like a fitness, you know, it was like fitness professional or personal or whatever. It was like people that were doing like aerobics and shit and people like, there wasn't really a strength coach. I worked just with athletes and making them stronger. Mm -hmm. So somebody coined the term, like, I'm not a fitness person, whatever these other people are dancing around leotards. I'm a strength coach. And so I remember at that point in time thinking of like, I, I think that's like actually kind of cool if I make my own thing. And cause I say that, cause in reality, I joke, there was like Charles Glass was doing Charles Glass's thing. And obviously there was a whole lot of like coaches and things, but I was like, nobody's really doing what I want to do is I just yeah. want to do people's workouts and more than just take them through workouts. I want to like, you know, there's a huge education side to that as well too and everything. And so I remember thinking like hypertrophy coach, like that's cool. And I literally remember like Googling it and I tell people this day when I Googled it, the words didn't exist together. And I was yeah. like, I remember telling you when I finally came back, it's like, I think I got a name. And you, I remember you being like, you're not gonna be able to get that. Somebody's got to have it. And yeah. I was like, well, I already <laughs> looked on Google and it's like really not there. I remember when you were helping me to do the no name and then Instagram, you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe this is like still yeah. available or whatever. And um, so that's where that came from was I didn't realize obviously it would turn into my name, but I just yeah. thought it was like kind of a cool little handle or whatever. Um, and it was available that, everywhere. Like, like it wasn't yeah, it was just available everywhere. Instagram, yeah, it was like the crazy. website, yeah. Instagram, well, like everywhere. It was like, obviously if you Google it, and the words weren't together. I was like, it's a pretty safe bet yeah. that it's probably not the domain name or whatever. And, um, but so anyway, I just started posting stuff. And I've obviously, I think at that point in time, you know, obviously at some point you're back in the UK and you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. And um, I did start to have people like saying like, we want the same thing. Like after I was, I think probably at this time still maybe doing online coaching around the tail end of it. And I had some people that were just like, we want more from you. Like we want more stuff. 
Mm. And I was like, I don't know what the hell to do with that. And I was like, you know, because at that point in time, particularly, I think Instagram might have been like 30 second videos or something or whatever. And I wasn't really doing YouTube. And yeah. so I had a I had a client that I trained that was like in separate like IT world, completely out of fitness. And she was like, you should do like a content site. Like people do those things now. And I was like, well, what do I do with that? And she's like, just put content on it. And I'm <laughs> like, all right. And so at that time, she actually said, I'll build it for you for free to like help you know, yeah. or whatever. And so I was like, oh, this is amazing. So that's a, my first actual start with the website was a client trying to help me build it out. But obviously she wasn't really in her field and how things look and all stuff like, you know it. And so I remember having some conversations with it about it. And so everyone wants to know that's basically how we got connected and showing you some stuff. You were kind of like, well, this is like, okay, but like we can make this like way better basically. And honestly, my client was doing it for free, just literally yeah. like one of the nicest people ever. So it wasn't like stepping on toads or anything. She was like, Oh, well, go. This is great. You know, and like when I actually was showing the difference, she's like, because she was asking, this is her mistake. She was asking me like colors and stuff. I was like, I oh, think yeah. this is a cool color. <laughs> I think this is a cool color. I'm trying to remember. I think the initial website was all like white and or like red and like black or something. Like just, it was ugly. It was atrocious. You're <laughs> like, yeah, about that. And so that's how we first got connected is you were like, I think I can make this much better, you know, and obviously much more in line with what people are kind of anticipating in, in a good way, in a functionality, a visual yeah. standpoint, and all that kind of stuff. And so that's how we first got going just with a, a website, obviously long before the app was involved. And um, so for anyone watching as well, too, the good and the bad, which I, I again, I, I don't think overall was bad, but I didn't know what the hell we were going to do with it. I was just going to put shit on there. <laughs> and that is literally what we just started with. And honestly, to my defense is people at that kind of time were just saying we want more. Yeah. And I was like, more what? And they're like, more everything. And I was like, all right, yeah. I'll just do videos of me rambling and talking and video <laughs> of my workouts. And basically it's longer of everything that I was doing. And honestly, it worked pretty well and, um, you know, grew for a little while. And then the, the little dip that we had was I had some issues with where I was working, me doing that stuff in the club and stuff like that. So we had this kind of period of time where things kind of stalled out. They didn't grow for a while, just kind of stayed in place. And then I had to make my next move into what I thought was, you know, the better decision for me uh, and to, you know, have that be my main focus at that point in time to put all yeah. my time and effort into that. And, um, and then at some point in time along the way, we both kind of figured out like, Hey, before I, especially me, obviously being responsible for the content that's on there, instead of just put more random shit on here, like maybe we should ask people what they want. <laughs> yeah. And so we did a better job at that point in time of starting to obviously ask members, like, what are features you want to see? What mm -hmm. do you want to see more of? What or whatever? And, you know, obviously I think that's when we kept hitting more, you know, big growth points with the app, especially in continual growth was just, um, actually putting things in there that people specifically that same advice that I gave in the beginning is what are people actually wanting let's yeah. give them those things or you know progressions of those things or whatever you know and to over deliver with that value that you're giving for free and that's yeah. uh, this is a great time to mention that the new version of the app has gone live by the time people watch this and so you can get free nutrition plan workout you can log it you can use the app as if you've purchased it and you don't even need to put in your credit card details yeah which is pretty awesome yeah i think you're the only person to do that. Nice. Yeah. And obviously the stem from you saw of it. So how we, we put together some marketing, maybe you guys will see it at some point in time, <laughs> but it was true when I was like thinking about stuff and we've talked about this a whole lot is, um, you know, I think some of it, obviously that's, I used to tell people like with, um, even training clients, like one-on-one -on -one training client in person, like there's the sales component and yeah. people get deterred by the sales component. I used to have trainers say, I don't want to be a salesperson. I just want to help people. I was like, you know, what's the hardest part of getting you to help someone is getting them to start. Yeah. And obviously, so part of that is one, not just financial, everyone thinks it's financial, but yes, yeah, so you, one, you have to get them over the hurdle of you just need to start 
and mm-hmm. I'm going to help you do that the right way. But then also you have to overcome a financial hurdle. Not only are you saying, hey, you got to start, but you also got to start and you got to pay me money. Yeah. And so from a training standpoint, it's like, this is why you have to, it's not a salesy thing. It's just an understanding how humans work and how, what are the things that deter people from starting something or whatever. And you need to be good at overcoming those. Cause I always would tell people, I was like, if we're going to use the term sell, just so you know, of like how many people that you don't sell, do you get to help? Like yeah. The answer is none of them. They're gone. They're, they never come. And that was my thing too. You'd always have people that would say, oh, I'm going to try it on my own or do my own thing, which literally the percentage is, is like the most, you know, in a gym, people that start a gym and try it on their own. Yeah. It's the most depressing percentages of turnover ever. And I'm like, I just, you know, from a business standpoint, you don't want to turn over, but obviously our business and helping people are hand in hand. I was like, we want, we, we want them in here. We want them doing something, whether it's with us or not. We just know if it's with us, it's going to be a much higher level of success. Mm. And so anyway, like that's kind of the stem as I used to have, there's a whole bunch of ways obviously to get people over that hurdle and get them to start with a trainer. And I used to literally, I had a mentor that said, you know, I used to have trainers, literally, they'd have people on the floor would ask them questions. And they said they, in some way, shape or form would say they wouldn't answer them unless they were a paying client. <laughs> and I was like, or literally they wouldn't tell them something unless they were a paying client. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I remember yeah. having a, a boss just saying, like, if they can't realize like how many levels of dumb that is, but then you'd also say too, that some of it is one that being short-sighted, but some of it too is if you feel like you you can give too much for free. It means you don't have enough to actually offer in the first yeah. place. And, um, and honestly, that's like, and that's, you realize that too. Cause again, if like, obviously I've been talking about this nonstop on social media now since 2015, I haven't run out of stuff <laughs> to talk about. Right. And if anyone goes on the app, there's tenfold, whatever I've talked about anywhere in public place on there as well too. So that was kind of the thought obviously with the, the new onboarding is like, even if, and honestly, for people watching, we intend to give away more in the future within the next couple months, even on top of the plan of, of training, but obviously it, it's legit. It's free. We used to give a free workout. Now it's a free version of the app, free workouts for a week, ability to use log change exercises, see all that stuff, get a little preview of the rest of it legit for free with no credit card. Because even, even once we give more past where we're going to give now for free, it's still less than a, like a half of a percent of what's on the app, if that. Yeah. So if it's like, oh, this is this good for free, whatever. And so obviously that's the whole point of from our business strategy. We're giving it all away. Anyone watching this now, this is our strategy. This is what we're trying to strategize with you listening <laughs> right now is we just want you to be like, well, it's legit free. I'm just going to might as well see what's going on. And then ultimate goal is like, holy shit, this is all legit free. I really didn't have to put a credit card in sometime. And then maybe at that point in time, you'll just think I'm so nice and you want to help me out. And you know what? I'm going to buy this for Joe. For that, no other reason or also if you want some good workouts and some good results and all that as well too but i mean it's the same thing so it's all that kind of stuff where it's you know half of that and i know the same thing there's been times that i it's not i don't even have the barrier of wanting to purchase something anymore we've mm. talked about this a whole bunch of times i'm like i need to get that or whatever and then i just like keep putting it off in my brain if it's something where it's like i have to go get my credit card or i have yeah. to do whatever and again it's that that other business wouldn't they think that's hilarious that like there's a person out there that literally wants to give us money right now. If, if I went and knocked on his door and he could hand me money, yeah. so he didn't have to do anything, he would be a client right now. And so that's some of the other thing, obviously we're trying to do is make it as seamless as possible for people to try it with boop, push a button app, as opposed to having to go get a credit card, have to go pay or whatever. And then down the road, if you want to pay that, he can go boop and then yeah. give me some money to feed my kids and groom my beard. So <laughs> awesome. So also on that Joe, with the app and giving value for that, I do want to talk about what you've got coming up in the future and what you're working on right now, because a lot of the stuff that you've talked about throughout this podcast is in helping people who are trainers and getting started. And um, what are you putting together at the moment that's going to be coming out this year? Um, Yeah. So our big thing is the hypertrophy coach university certification. 
And so basically actually turning it into a trainer cert. So for anybody that's on the app now, people will be familiar with, I I've had this idea for a long time. And then honestly, when 2020 happened, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put some of this that I already had in mind on the app and uh, just to give it people something to do that can't work out now or whatever. Uh, and so I kind of jump started it and gave like a little sneak preview, um, which I'm actually grateful for because as the time has passed over the next two or three years, I've spent so much more time with trainer development and realized obviously, like, like I said before, like even talking about my story when I was going from where I was to MI40, it was like, not like an easy decision. It was like, what at that point in time was my number one passion was something like right there behind it. That was like a close second place, which was all the business side training develop and all that kind of stuff. And so as obviously I'm sure some of it's a little bit as me transitioning out of my own personal, you know, bodybuilding career or whatever, not even a career that ever happened, but my own bodybuilding competition and like getting people. And then obviously I'm sure some of it comes with me having perceived more eyes on me or more success or whatever the people more and more, I get tons of questions that same thing. How do I do what you do? How do I become a trainer? I mean, I get those questions every single day, same as you said. And uh, so with that time, I've even had more time to really think about what are the things that are the barriers, you know, people literally going from my, my thought processes, obviously, you know, first and foremost, just being from, I want to be a trainer. What the hell does that look like to, okay, I want to be comfortable starting in a gym and everything that goes along the way in there. And then kind of touching on as well too, like there's a whole bunch of different career paths there. And, but they all stem from the same thing. They all stem from, you know, really understanding, really understanding your client, understanding the demographic, understanding, you know, why they have the goals that they have, understanding those goals. And again, some of that stems from those things we talked about, the basics, the foundation mm. of, you know, good customer service, good communication, good management of expectations. And, um, and then honestly, some of there's, there's, uh, this was, I'm glad I had the couple years kind of from the jump start to this, where I had a lot more technical stuff originally included and i'm realizing that almost has to be kind of like a separate thing like that stuff is just for hey if you want stuff that's just neat and nerdy and adds one percent none of that stuff actually makes someone a successful trainer in my opinion sure. it doesn't make someone a successful online whatever i even joke too because if like somebody's doing it better i don't have a product for that so that's the thing too i've told people a billion times i plug tom purvis's company resistance training specialist constantly because even as i was doing some more technical stuff with biomechanics you know, in anatomy and physiology, I was like, Tom has done it better and he does it better mm -hmm. than everyone in the industry. And I was like, you know, I'm not really going to keep pursuing that super technical thing. If anything, I'm going to address more of that with, you know, let's take this to the gym floor and kind of integrating those two. But I've decided to make the certification much more about like, literally, how do I just be a successful trainer? Whether that means, which comes down to the two easiest things is what produces a better experience. And you could say client or customer or whatever, what creates a better experience for my client or customer and what creates a better uh, gives them better results, obviously as a client, as a customer, whatever that need is that they have. And, um, and really focusing on that's the whole goal of it, whether you're doing it online coaching or you're doing it uh, again, mostly stemming from, I want to actually start at a gym. I want to be comfortable actually going in. How do I get clients? How do I take those clients from potential clients, turn them into clients? How do I actually take those clients and give them good results and keep them over time or whatever it is. And all of that too, then once you get really, really good at that part, then helps you with all the rest, makes the rest kind of effortless, right? You know, sure. where it is like, okay, well, if I have all this great ability to actually communicate with people and help people, then the things that people see as the superficial shiny stuff of social media, that part's easy. And honestly, some of that part too is even when I'm like, you know, cause someone will say like, well, how do I, how do I build an app or how do I do whatever? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want my certification to be about that. I'll say, mm. okay, well, you figure out how to be a good trainer. And then go see Mark and get kahunas and then you've got the <laughs> app, right? And stuff like that. And all honestly, like, and then I'll have things, I'm going to have stuff included where 
you know, I probably have about a year of experience doing online coaching, right? So I can speak to that and fairly accurately, but I intend to include when the different parts, when I get very specific of, okay, well, I think this is, I'm going to teach everyone to be successful basically for trainer and expand off of that. But if you are one of those people that's like, you know what, I really want to be, you know, that person that, uh, you know, just manages variables. I want to be an online coach. I want to be more nutrition or dietitian then like still like 75% of certification, all of it will still benefit you, but mm. 75% of it will still benefit you directly. And then I want to have other people involved as well too, whether it's even directed to them where it's like, look how good these people are being online coaches. That's their whole job. All they do is sure. they manage clients all day. And then ultimately people that do that with a team under them, because that's the goal of that as well too. You want to mm. manage your clients all day, doing what you like doing, making money, sitting in your house, you know, kind of having your own schedule and doing all that thing, all that appeal. And then at some point in time, you get so damn good at it. You're like, I just can't take everybody anymore. And that gives you the, the opportunity of kind of obviously the way I've scaled my things with how I give people information is give you the ability to scale things with potentially having, you know, an online coaching business or something, which again, I consider that kind of separate, obviously, of, of what I do or what we do. Um, sure. So anyway, yeah, that's the certification. And it's been, um, again, it's, it's finally, it's in the, in production right now, being filmed as we speak, not this very second, but being filmed as we speak. <laughs> And, um, and it's been good because it's, as I'm doing it it's now, it's like half of it was like I, people, so you can learn from my poor business decisions as well too, for anyone watching is like, I tend to over plan and I'm never, and then I over plan never ends because I'm never happy with it. And that's mm. Mark can speak to that sometimes, like, especially content like this is I'm like, there's just so much stuff I want to get out. I get so caught up in like, okay, well, there has to be a, you know, cohesive direction to it. And obviously sure. something that's user-friendly and makes sense and addresses everything. I don't want to leave anything out and I don't want anything in an order that doesn't make sense. And so I spent probably way too long planning a lot of this. Um, and then I get to the point where it's like, you know what, I don't, it's never going to be perfect and whatever the hell that means in my brain. So, you know, the planning is 90% good. And uh, so now we're just cracking on. And then I obviously realized, Hey, I can refilm something or we can change the order <laughs> later. Or even once it launches, we can change something and it's not the end of the world. Uh, but I have a hard time with that. So, but anyway, yeah, that's in production right now. And that really, I got literally I have questions every single day. I was answering the question driving back home from dropping my kids off of school on my app about someone asking, you know, I want to be a trainer. Like what's, how should I start? What's the path that I go yeah. on? And that's really, really, you know, the, probably one of the big key demographics. Um, but then I talk about to everyone that'll help along the way, get trainers that are stuck. You know, they haven't progressed in a long period of time. You get trainers that do want to like, why do I have a hard time transitioning to this, you know, online thing or the social media thing or whatever it is. And it's, again, we talked about people want to skip the foundation stuff and that's yeah. that's it that's the foundation that's the the certifications for the foundations um you know the basics and then obviously you know knowing where you need to get the reps you know on, on top of that type of stuff and um and then and then streamlining all of it as well too because that's the whole thing with the the certification i have right in the beginning of when the first couple of videos you know i talk about there's a little initial setup videos what is the course about and stuff but then i talk about my goal with every single video and there's like kind of two parts to this is every single video is like, well, one, what's the purpose of this ahead of time? Like, why is this in here stated right at the beginning of the video? And how does this translate to, you know, my client getting better results or a better experience? Mm -hmm. And so the goal is for none, because I took so many certifications that again, it's have the ACSM, LMNOP that have these letters and they sound cool. And you read these textbooks and you're just like, some of it's just like, oh, I'm like back in yeah. school and reading a textbook. How does this actually help me help a client and in turn help me make more money? And so that's the the goal of the course as well, too, is that there's no passive videos, right? So every single video is here's clearly what this is for is here is this how this clearly translates to, you know, results or a better experience for my client in which in turn, I don't have to say every single video, but turns into more money or the potential for more money if that's the ultimate goal. And, um, and then I even go a little bit of a step further where the way that I'm trying to teach the structure of every video 
you know, I talk about is concepts and principles, which hopefully you can understand as opposed to here's this exact specific thing. Concepts and principles can be applied to, you know, a hundred different people. The same concept or principle applied a hundred different ways to a hundred different people. But then also I give like real world application. So that's like, a, again, if I'm trying to think if I'm providing something unique with this certification is that it's not like fluff. It's not theoretical. It's not like, oh, well, you know, this, this sounds good or this seems like it makes sense. Or I read about this. Like I've literally seen people giving personal trainers, personal training advice that I don't think they've ever actually trained a person. And I was like, that yeah. just seems like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And so for all of them, I'm, I'm, there's be plenty of times when it's examples that I've had with my clients and examples with other coaches or other trainers that I've worked with, like their clients. And I think that one, I think helps people process, obviously the way that they learn, people just remember stories better than they do the concepts or they help ingrain them. But then also I think that provides some validation where again, concepts and principles are great, but some people it's just like, man, that's kind of abstract. I don't really know mm -hmm. what to do with that. And then it's like, here's what you do with it. Oh, great. That makes sense now. And so one, I think hopefully helps people process and better have a way to apply all the stuff that's in the certification, but also again, provide some validity to it as well too. It's like the only reason I'm telling you this is because here's how this translated to this exact better experience or better result for a client. Here's how this translates to the potential for more money as well too. So yeah, I'm pumped about it. The whole thing yeah, is exciting for me. So it'll be, it'll be something that's, um, I always feel like if I can't, like, and this is why I keep telling myself, I'm always like, if I can get it just right, it's going to be <laughs> awesome. But I'm like, I, it'll be good. And then if I want to fine tune stuff, I can go back and fine tune stuff. So that's in the works. And that's, uh, I'll be very, very excited when I can get that out. Because like I said, same as everything, I've had so much demand for that. Mm. And I basically, that's the thing too, is I basically find myself giving incomplete answers. You know, we have a couple pieces of it a little bit on the app, you know, on the, on the app, people ask me questions. I give it like, I literally gave a guy a six minute audio reply today. And I'm like, this is, and I was, I literally said, I was like, this is, I'm going to give you a good answer, but I was like, this is like what I'm making this certification for. So you can have yeah. like the whole answer, but I'm going to still help as much as I can at this point in time. So it came from like, I'm tired of giving people six minute answers. There still isn't the answer. Right. So I'm like, it's just one of those things again, where I'm like, it's a lot of time for both of us. And I'm not sure if it's enough for you to do a good job, but. Well, and so on that we, in the show notes and on my social We'll put a link to the waiting list as well. So people can put their names in, names in for the Hype Trophy Coach University. But also, if you didn't hear that, for 25 bucks a month, you can talk to Joe personally. He will leave you voice notes for extended periods of time, trying yeah, to go in as much detail as possible to help you out for 25 bucks. And it is actually Joe doing it. So jump on the app. Yeah, that too. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Joe. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, we will 100% have to get back on to go into some meathead questions and figure out how we can get jacked and build some muscle. I will. I'll be back. Thanks, brother. Thanks.